welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. By faith he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Did you see that? God's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Isn't that wonderful? Now, seven. This is our, this is our scripture of emphasis. Now, by faith, Noah, when, he, uh, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness that comes by faith. Noah built an ark for the saving of his family at a time when wickedness of the human beings was in the extreme. Scripture says that every imagination of their thought was only evil continually. They had become so corrupted. They had become so filled with wickedness that their their every waking moment was filled with thoughts of wickedness. Jesus speaking of that time of Noah, said that there would come a time in the last days when it would be as it was in the days of Noah. Hear it again. Jesus said that in the last days there would come a time when it would be as it was in the days of Noah. There would come a time and a season when in the entire earth the imagination of mankind was only evil continually. Dear ones, we we are rapidly approaching that time. And we must build an ark for the family. Now, not, not to isolate the family but to insulate the family. Jesus, even knowing that this time would come, this was his prayer in John 17. I'm not praying that you would take them out of the world, but that you would keep them while they're in the world. 
building an ark for the family is not to build isolation. There are way too many families that homeschool their children because they want to isolate them. Now, coming from a father, we, we home-educated for 13 years. All three of our children graduated from home education. We understand home education. But it was not to isolate our kids. It was because we wanted to build in their life the strength and fiber that would enable them to stand in this world. Huge difference. Huge difference. And for several years, Juan and I, we facilitated a home education seminars. And we saw many, many families that were home educating because they wanted to pull their children away and put them in this bubble so they were isolated. Folks, that doesn't, that doesn't help them stand. Isolation is not the answer. Insulation is the answer. Okay? That, and there's a huge difference between those two. Now, look here. If we're going to build an ark, we want to build an ark that will help our children flourish in righteousness, in good works, and be able to walk in the fullest measure of God's blessings in their life. Did you hear what I just said? That's what we desire. But if we're going to build an ark like that, we have to build an ark that is made of stuff that will endure the storms and will last for many generations. Do you remember what God said through Malachi when he said, why did God establish a marriage covenant? He said that he might raise up many godly generations. It's not just the current generation you want to go after. You want to build an ark for the family that will endure for many generations. Many generations. God's promise is that though the sins and iniquities of the father go to the third and fourth generation, the righteousness of the father will reach to thousands. In other words, it will go many generations. And that's what you want. You want to establish an ark that will raise the family so that it will endure many generations. And that's why we're doing this entire series. Now what we have discovered, if you go to the next slide for me, is we've discovered three principles already. And the first is... When you're looking at this, the first is that we must build lives upon the principles and precepts of God's holy word. We must build our lives upon the principles and precepts of God's holy word. What that means is, dear ones, we must be committed to believing the word is God's infallible holy word. The Holy Scripture is God's infallible Holy Word. 
And we must live in obedience to that word. It's not just enough to believe it. There are many people that believe the Bible is God's word. But when you look at their lives, you realize they're not building their lives by it, though. They're not walking in obedience to it. Remember what we discovered in that lesson? James said, when you hear the word, but you don't do the word, you're deceiving yourself and you're like someone who looks in the mirror and walks away and doesn't remember what they look like. The second principle was we discovered that we must build our lives with the framework of convictions based upon the non-optional principles of God's holy word. And that we will not compromise those principles. There are non-optional principles in God's holy word. No matter the generation, no matter the culture, no matter your age, those principles are not optional. And we must build convictions in our lives based upon those principles, and then we would rather die before we would compromise those principles. Just mentioning one that all mankind are sinners. We're born sinners. And Jesus Christ is the only hope for having our heart cleansed from that sin and receiving eternal life. And that Jesus Christ should be the Lord of our life. Amen? I would die before I would deny that. And I would rather die than compromise that. Amen? That's what we're talking about. Here's the third one. We must be willing to stand alone for these convictions if necessary. We talked about this last week, and we talked about how that Noah and Joseph and Esther were examples of men and women who had these commitments that we just talked about in their life, and they stood for it. Even though they had to stand alone, they stood for it. And they would rather die than compromise it. Dear ones, there are things worth dying for. And there's times in our life when we have to be willing to stand alone. Even if everybody else is doing it. Okay, so our entire nation believes that it is okay to take the life of the pre-born. Does that make it right? Does that make it true? Just because the majority says it's okay, that doesn't make it true, dear ones. And we have to be willing to stand alone on non-optional principles. One of those principles is God created human life. And human life should be honored and sacred in the womb and outside the womb. Just because the majority of our nation is saying it's okay for men and men and women and women to have relationships and to be married, that doesn't mean it's true. What does God's Word say? Another one of those non-optional principles is the sexual relationship is holy and it's beautiful inside the context of marriage only and marriage is between one man and one woman for a lifetime it's one of those non-optional principles 
Are you bold enough to stand alone? Now, starting the week after Father's Day, I'm going to begin a whole new series that Pastor Aaron and I will be doing through the summer called Why? Why? Why do we believe what we believe? Why? And we're going to take some of these non-optional principles and we're going to teach you why they are founded in God's Word and why we believe them and why we stand for them. Amen? Answering some of the really important questions that our culture is asking today and it's not being answered very well. And the reason is because there are too many pastors who will not take a firm, solid, biblical stand. And dear ones, it's time to stand for truth. Even if you have to stand alone. Come on. Amen. Here we go. Look with me again at verse 7, would you please? Hebrews 7, 11. Did you get all excited and close your Bible, or are you still at Hebrews 7, 11? 11, 7. Hebrews 11, 7. Not 7, 11. Hebrews 11, 7. <laughs> Let me get there again. I got to laughing at myself and I couldn't get there. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. When he was warned by God, in holy fear, he built an ark for the saving of his family. Now, do you remember when Noah was building that ark, God instructed him that he was to cover the walls of that ark on the outside and the inside with pitch. And the whole reason he was covering it with pitch was so the ark wouldn't sink. He was making it so the, the, that, the, that the boat would not leak. You don't want your boat to leak. Especially if there's going to be a flood. Right? Dear ones, we have a serious problem in the church today. Too many families have leakage, they have holes in the family boat. And the filth and the wickedness of the world is leaking into the family. And the sad part is, many of the families are sinking. And some are dying. Because there's leakage in the boat. Because we have not properly covered the outside and the inside with pitch. So that the family ark will not sink. And when the storms come, it leaks. And they sink. Well, what is that pitch 
that we can put on the inside and the outside of the family ark so that the family ark will be solid in the midst of the storm and it won't leak. It's the fear of the Lord. Holy fear. The fear of the Lord is that which will keep the leaks out. The fear of the Lord. Well, what is the fear of the Lord? I'm glad you asked. Go with me to the book of Deuteronomy, would you please? Chapter 10. It's in the Old Testament. It's the fifth book of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You want to go to Deuteronomy. You want to go to chapter 10, and we're going to begin reading at verse 12. Holler amen for me when you get there. Okay, here we go. And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything in it. Yet the Lord set his affection on your forefathers and loved them, and he chose you, their descendants, above the nations as it is today. Circumcise your hearts, therefore. Do not be stiff-necked any longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the alien, giving him food and clothing. And you are to love those who are aliens, for you yourselves were aliens in Egypt. Fear the Lord your God, serve him, Hold fast to Him. Take your oaths in His name. He is your praise. He is your God who performed for you those great and awesome wonders you saw with your own eyes. Your forefathers who went into Egypt were 70 in all, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in the skies. The fear of the Lord is first and foremost reverence for Him reverence for him holy reverence for him that's worship of him it's revering him it's recognizing who he is when we talk about reverencing Almighty God and honoring His holy name. It is worshiping Him with humility. It is loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The fear of the Lord. Here's the second thing. The fear of the Lord is knowing God's nature and character. Second Chronicles chapter 19, verses 4 to 7. Jehoshaphat reminded Israel of that God saw them day and night. That he was ever present with them. Therefore, fear the Lord, he said. 
Dear ones, the fear of the Lord is when we recognize God's character and God's nature. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-present. And that He sees you and knows you in everything you do, even the secrets of your heart, He knows them. Man, one of the things we drilled into our kids when they were growing up, Mom and dad may not be around, but God is, and God sees, and God will tell on you. And I pray and spend enough time with him, he can tell me. Why? I wanted them to have the fear of the Lord deep in their heart. Because I want to tell you, I don't know about you, but I have faced this many times in my life. I will never forget one time I was on a, on a long trip. I was going by train, and I had a long layover in St. Louis, Missouri. And so I, I wanted to get out, stretch my legs, and walk. And I'm walking up and down the street, and just a couple of blocks from a train station, here's a triple X movie theater. And this thought immediately came into my mind. Hey, you're in a strange city. Nobody knows you in St. Louis. You could go in and you just enjoy yourself. And just as quickly, this thought came to my mind. It would be just like God to have somebody that is from the Pacific Northwest that's never in St. Louis is here one day. They would see me coming out. How come? Because God sees and God knows and God will tell. Be sure your sin will find you out. Sir, you think nobody knows, but God sees what you're doing at night on that computer. And your sin will find you out. Sis, God knows the imaginations you're living in, the fantasies that you're living in, and you don't think anybody knows. God knows. Be sure your sin will find you out. They will find you out. The fear of the Lord is knowing and recognizing who God really is. And that He is always there and He always sees. Come on. Amen? Righteousness is not what I just... Righteousness is not just what we do on Sunday morning when we're all here together. Righteousness is what you do in your own mind. Righteousness is what you do when no one's looking. That's true righteousness. Thank you, Pastor, for telling me that today. Proverbs 8, verse 13 says that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil and every wicked way and the perverse mouth he hates. Fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Do you hate evil? You know, church, if the church today really hated evil, how come it spends so much time entertaining itself with that which is evil? We'll go to movies and, and movies that glorify and honor witchcraft and sorcery. We'll go and, and watch movies and entertain ourselves with movies that are all about 
about adultery and fornication. We'll entertain ourselves with movies that's just all about bloodshed and violence. God hates evil. And he wants us to hate evil the same way he hates evil. And when we hate evil, we will stop entertaining ourselves with evil. I'll move right on. Proverbs 3, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is humility. It's humility. Make no mistake of it, dear ones. Look right here. Look right here. Look right here. Make no mistake of it. God hates spiritual arrogance as much as he hates the arrogance of the world. And so when there are church families that exalt themselves because after all, they have the right doctrine. God hates that. Are we better Christians because we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we speak in other tongues and some of our church families here in town do not? Dear ones, if they preach the gospel the same way we preach the gospel, we've got to spend eternity with those folks. We better start loving them and honoring them and respecting them. Come on. The baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of spiritual language doesn't make us better Christians. That has nothing to do with being better or not being better. It has everything to do with God's power flowing through your life. And the only way you're going to see that power flow through your life is when you walk with true humility before your God and you recognize that, you know what, if it wasn't for God's grace and mercy in my life and making me a new creation, I would be a sinner just like the worst alcoholic out there. God does not like His church to be spiritually arrogant because God hates arrogance. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The fear of the Lord is humility. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to really know and understand the character and the nature of God. And that puts a holy fear in your heart. The fear of the Lord is to honor and reverence your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That is the fear of the Lord. Come on, give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you, majesty, with all my heart. Now look at the blessings of the fear of the Lord. We're just going to read through these, and then we're going to close in prayer. The significance of the fear of the Lord in our life is this. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom. It brings health and nourishment to the body. Did you see that? Have you ever wondered if you're going from cycle to cycle to cycle to cycle of sickness, if maybe it might be, I don't have enough of the fear of the Lord in my heart, and if I would really have that, God would break that cycle for me? It might be. Now listen to me closely. If you're battling disease in your body right now, if you're battling sickness in your body right now, do not let the enemy fill you up with condemnation and say, well, you know, if you were just really more of a man of God, if you are just really more of a woman of God, you wouldn't be sick. That's condemnation to the enemy. Don't take that on. But do 
with hum- humility before the Lord go, Father, are you wanting, are, are you wanting me to see something that, that I'm blind to right now that will cut this off in my life and bring me healing and restoration? Come on, amen? Is there something I need to do? Okay. How many know God does not make us sick? Only half of you. Well, let me encourage the other half of you. I'm serious right now. Because there are people who will teach God will put sickness on you to discipline you or to punish you. Or, and that is a lie from the enemy. God does not make people sick. God doesn't put cancer on people. That is not from God. There is sickness and there is disease because of the fallenness of man, because of sinfulness. That's why when we get to heaven, there won't be any. Hallelujah. How many are looking forward to that? You won't get old either. I really like that. So I want to tell you something, baby. 60s is not for sissies. Yeah, it'd be tough to live in the 60s. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm telling you that God will heal you. But we must have the fear of the Lord in our heart. Amen? Okay, I said I was just going to read these and not talk about them. I'll I'll go on. Sorry. Okay, thank you, sis. (laughs) Here we go. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. The fear of the Lord prolongs the years of your life. The fear of the Lord brings strong confidence and a place of refuge. Hallelujah, look at that. It's a fountain of life and it turns a person from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord will cause a person to depart from evil. It leads to life. And when combined with humility, brings riches and honor and life. By the fear of the Lord and humility are riches, honor, and life. Oh, listen, what incredible blessings. Amen? And yet, this generation has so very little true fear of the Lord. And church, it is time for us to rise up and lead our families into an authentic fear of the Lord. People say, oh, I don't want my kids to fear God. They better fear God. I don't know what it was like for you growing up in your home. My mama was about this tall, just a little bit taller than my wife. And she was about the same size as my wife. But I'm telling you, she yielded a mean pancake turner. And she knew just how well blue jeans could shield the backside of a boy from the board of education. And so she would just look at me with those steely eyes and say, drop your drawers and wail on me, baby. And I needed it every day. I feared my mama. I feared her because I feared the consequences of what I did wrong. One time I thought I had her outsmarted. I ran from her. She didn't even break into a sweat. She just yelled at my back as it was running from her. 
you'll come home for dinner. I did, and she did. I walked in the door ready for dinner, and she, the first thing I heard, drop your drawers. Oh! <laughs> you know what? I love my Heavenly Father. And while I fear the consequences of when I disobey Him, I don't fear Him and His hand. One of the great things of my life was the years I had with my mom. My mom died very young. She was only 63. Man, I'm telling you, those last 10 years, I had the privilege of baptizing my mama in water when she turned from her life of sin to Jesus. I had the privilege of praying for her to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in her spiritual language. Amazing privilege of being my mom's pastor for a part of those last years of her life. The last two years of my mom's life, she led 13 of her friends to the Lord Jesus Christ. What a heritage she had. But I had this, this reverence and fear for her. And I have this reverence and this fear of my Heavenly Father. He is the love of my life. But I also, and I know who He is and I fear Him. And I fear the consequences of disobeying him. And dear ones, that's a holy, healthy fear that God wants us to have in our life. And when we will train our children to really know who our God is and to not only know him as a God of love, but a God of justice and righteousness, a God who sees all and knows all, it will become in us that divine pitch that will stop the leaks in our life and prevent us from having leaks of evil and wickedness seeping into our life that will eventually sink our boat. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it is time to make a commitment to that in our life. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.